everyone listening to the Cock and Bull podcast. This is a history podcast. Definitely not science. No. Nope. I'm not good at that one. I'm not good at that. It's it's also not a math podcast. It's nope. certainly not a linguistics podcast. Now, now in in our defense, though, we did do one episode about a guy who invented triangles. So, so it may very well be a math podcast. Well, we did, but we really covered, like, how he was a slave and a psychophant. Um, uh, not, I, I not think you're really. I think you're not. I, you forgot Pythagoras, didn't you? You forgot I about his not. bean cult. You forgot about his hooded bean cult. I didn't cult. forget about the bean cult. Is not the mathiest part of that episode. <laughs> Neither was the slavery. Listen, I'm, I'm just saying. I just, if you're yes. coming into this podcast expecting a jack of all trades learning experience, you no. would be a damned fool and sorely no. disappointed. Absolutely not. There's an entire truck driving past my house. Right <laughs> I was about to say, Jesus. Holy hell. <sighs> Maximum overdrive is coming through the podcast right now, and I don't like it, it. In my defense, we're aerating all of the smoke from a Pop-Tart that caught fire. Yes, yes, yes. When you're, when you're going for her PhD girlfriend, lit a Pop-Tart on fire. Because we were... Because distracted things. cooking is the number one cause of house fires. Nathan... Comic books are cool, right? That okay. Uh, this is also not a segways podcast. Well, with that gleaming transition, let's meet our main character. Today we're gonna be talking about a guy named William Spider-Man. Mul- William William Spider-Man. William <laughs> Moulton Marston. That's Anoth- that that's just a silly name. And he's not a superhero, he's an American psychologist. Oh which, god damn it. They as shouldn't we've, be allowed to do things. As we've established, are anything but superheroes on this podcast. No, nope, if born, anything, they're supervillains. He was born in Massachusetts on May 9th, 1893, and nabbed the old PhD from Harvard University in 1921. Ooh, look at him. Fancy Fa- Harvard boy. Famous women-hating institution, Harvard. Yes, yes, yes. Famous, awful place for awful people, Harvard. So let's talk about Marston's first medical breakthrough. No big deal. Uh, well, he was the, his uh, first medical breakthrough. So this assumes that he will have multiple medical breakthroughs. All right, I'm down. Now you started with comic books as well, so I'm 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 off my toes. I don't know what to handle here. You know, I like to I like to put pin a few different ideas to the wall, and then this podcast is stringing the yarn between them. There's just thought spaghetti up on the wall, and, and we're <laughs> Pepe Sylviaing it together to make a make a map. <laughs> so he invented the systolic blood pressure test. Oh, the thing with the cuff and the poof, 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 and then they tell yeah. me that I, I am going to die? Yeah, and they try and squeeze your arm off your fucking torso. So, uh huh. Uh, he was testing this out on his wife, Elizabeth Holloway Marston. Well, that and, seems like a bad thing to do. And she suggested an interesting correlation. When she got either mad or excited while demonstrating the cuff, uh, she noticed her blood pressure would go up as well. Okay, so she's determined why this podcast is taking years off my life. Good, glad we've glad we've established this. So William takes his brainiac psychology knowledge and puts two and two together. Thinks that maybe a blood pressure test is a is a link to finding when someone's lying. Oh God damn it! If this oh don't you dare, don't you fucking dare polygraph this! I swear to God. Well, it was around this time God. that John. Augustus Larson used this research uh, to develop the first functional polygraph test. Think about that for a second. Literally, the argument is, if you eat a lot of salt, you're probably a liar. Like, that's the level that we've gotten to right now. 
But Nathan, I've seen it on all the cop shows, all the true crime shows. If you eat a lot of steak and don't go out and run much, you might be a liar. This is my new blue collar comedy tour bit. How's it going? Is it working? You or, know, or perhaps, takes? if you're if you're put into a very stressful situation, i.e., maybe two uh, detectives screaming in your face. Perhaps that might stress you out and you're a no, liar then. Maybe it'll just make your blood pressure go up, which is just a thing that happens. Like, it's an autonomous, like, a, god damn it. God damn it, we're so dumb. Why are we so dumb? So, um, his wife, by the way, uh, did not get her name put on that research, despite the fact that it was her idea. So well, she had, she had lady parts. You're not allowed, they're not allowed to think at this time. She gets, she gets credited by some, like, adjacent projects, the ones that aren't operated by her husband, but the one her husband worked on, he just chose to omit her entirely from it. I mean, yeah, you don't want to look biased or anything like that. Nope, wouldn't, wouldn't be right. Wouldn't be right. Has, has, has Marie, has Madame Curie gotten in the game yet? Maybe until she gets in the game, I didn't think ladies were allowed to do science. <laughs> so after this, he teaches at American University in Washington, D.C. That's a... But such a dumbly named university. Why would you call it that? I feel that doesn't even sound like a legitimate college. It, it sounds really like doesn't. Toys R Us just packed up shop and moved out. We got to put something <laughs> in this building. <laughs> the precursor to ITT Technical Institute. <laughs> Midwestern throwback. Then. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Are they really? That's a I shame. I assume so. That's a shame. I assume so. Then he teaches at Tufts University in Medford, Massachusetts. Another poor name. I, yeah, but I like that he went back to Massachusetts. Maybe he stopped to say hey to the folks. Maybe saying hi to the parents. Maybe he went and uh, and and asked if he could teach at Harvard, and they said no. You're you're not <laughs> no. You're a bad boy. You're a dum dum, and you invented this dum dum test for dum dums. I hate you. And then Marston traveled to Universal Studios in California in okay. 1929. Hold on now. What? Which of these things is not like the other? <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, we've got American University. Tufts University, uh-huh. and uh, the the place with the Spider Man ride. Um, yes. Now, now I don't I don't understand. I know, just know. In 1929 is when he went there. Universal Studios existed in 1929. Universal Studios was not a theme park in 1929. It was. Well, I, a, I would assume I mean, they didn't. It was like a production studio then. So, uh, so he went to be in the pictures. Were they doing the talkies by this point? Well, I he went he. he uh, Tell you the truth, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I what they were you. making in I 1929 win. because he went there to be the director of public services. Oh, but that sounds like an ominous. That that sounds like a committee for public safety. That sounds like something ominous. Like, what the fuck is that? I, you know what? Who knows? Maybe there's some nepotism. Maybe a, maybe an uncle got him an in. <laughs> it doesn't play a massive role other than he has wormed his way into entertainment. So, <laughs> Willie and his babe. Uh, they go on to have two more children from this point, and they also go on to have a polyamorous third wheel join the Ooh, marriage. Ooh, yes. A the open relationship. A woman by the name of Olive Byrne. Uh, that's a that's a made-up name. That's a made-up name. That's no, no, that's name. Popeye's girlfriend. We, that, have, that's we a, all that's, know her. That's, that's absolutely not a she real She came that's, to life. <laughs> that is the name you give at the hotel when you're going to have your, your weird Agatha Christie Bacchanalian fuck session, and you don't want them to know who you are. Lightning struck a cartoon and Olive came to life. So <laughs> so Olive was a homemaker and the daughter of the woman that opened America's first birth control clinic. So I, I'm trying to I'm trying to follow the, the threads there. So she's so she's a <laughs> she's a housewife, but she's the daughter of the person that that uh, came up with birth with Planned Parenthood. Yeah, kind of just establishing that she was a person. She was a big uh, per she was a person with big ancestors. 
No, I'm about to say, no, no. She's a person whose mom did a cool thing. That, that doesn't mean anything for her. Yeah, it's true. I, I'm not sure if that's what d- d- allured her to Willie. But uh, uh, Olive was a homemaker, and we've established, and she, we've was, established. The, she was the caretaker of the house. Uh, she was the one who stayed at home and took care of uh, William and Elizabeth's children, uh, because both of them had careers, so it wait, was wait, like. Wait, wait, wait. So she's a fuck. She's a fuck nanny. Yes. Oh shit! Oh, and not, all right. Not now just I'm Willie's intrigued. fuck nanny. Like both of their fuck nannies. No, I know that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a, it's a po- weird polyamorous fuck nanny. This is a this is a very open. This is a very progressive 1920s relationship I'm seeing here. There you go. Was, yeah, this is 1920s and a polyamorous relationship. What else could be progressive about this couple? Marston, yes. Marston was very uh, opposite the norms of his time, and he was an outspoken feminist and swinger, for one thing. <laughs> okay, okay, no, 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 no. Because those two don't go together. You know, it's like, I am all for the female liberation as long as they can all be in and around my penis. Please, that would be great. If I that that would I fully support your your liberation as long as it involves me getting laid a lot. Let's go. Tomato, tomato. May, they can coexist, I think, in the right in the right in the right pair of pants. Sure, but if there's one thing I've learned about this guy, it's that he's not that guy. His research with the polygraph uh, gave him loads of ideas about the superiority of women, like that they were far more honest than men. Just just as an entire gender, genetically, they are more honest than men. Because statistically, they have lower blood pressure than males. So that, again, this is just. And, and we think that blood pressure means liars, so I, I don't I don't know. Here's I've got thing, nothing it's, here. It's fake, it's it's dumb science, but it's promoting a positive message. I, so I was like, about to say, is it bad science if your awfully stupid science thing leads to a positive stereotype? I don't know. It's I like know. it's a refreshing change of pace, is what I'm saying. It's a refreshing it, it, it change of pace. It's definitely not him rubbing someone's skull and saying that they're an inferior species because their their head's lumpy. Precisely. Precisely. So he was a creative guy too. Not just like a bookish learning type nerd. Coasting no, no, the- we've established he's a swinger. They don't Coast- let they don't let nerds into the key parties. <laughs> Coasting on his fame from the polygraph test, he was being interviewed by the Family Circle magazine in October of 1940. Wait, 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 wait. wait. That's is that the one with Jeffy? <laughs> that's the one with Jeffy <laughs> and the uh oh uh oh I've done a spaghetti or something like that. I don't. Uh, what what is Jeffy doing here? I think we're thinking of Family Circus, not Family Circle. But oh, yeah, no, I definitely am, but I didn't I I just didn't understand that there was a difference. Okay, keep going. And so it was in that interview that Marston spoke of a little passion project that he was brewing at the time. Oh, oh god. Marston wanted to pursue the educational potential of comic books. As every 12-year-old boy says to his teacher when she's asking for a book report. Yes, yes, I'm in. <laughs> The article caught the attention of comics publisher Max Gaines, and Gaines was one of the pioneers behind All-American Comics, one half of what would become DC. Again, another large vehicle is passing by. I don't even care. I don't, I don't know. Care. At this point, it's ambiance. I didn't even notice. I'm very in now. I'm very intrigued. I'm, I'm exactly. very intrigued I've by this guy. I've taken you to Gotham. I've taken this you to is, Gotham. Here's the trucks passing. This is literally passing. me trying to say, I think video games should be uh, should be categorized as educational. And that's why I'm going to play Civilization for 12 hours. It's research now. Yeah. Like, you just get to a certain point, and you're just like, I want the thing I like to be important. That's <laughs> what he's doing. What is he doing? <laughs> We've already learned the last the last time we featured comic books on this fine podcast, they were advertising brine shrimp for billions of dollars. So explain to me how these, this wild educational tool will be used now. I would love to explain. Marston 
Having secured this opportunity, was now convinced that he could come up with his own superhero to pitch to Gaines and All-American Comics. Oh, good. Oh, good. Swinger Man! With his <laughs> magical <laughs> feminist lie detector. While explaining to Elizabeth that he wanted to make a hero that defeats their enemies with love, oh. Elizabeth said, Yeah, fine. If you're going to do this, make her a woman. Oh, okay. oh but almost worse now. Almost worse. Now I'm getting scared. Now and I'm so, on October 1941, Wonder Woman was invented. You have got to be fucking kidding me. No. Not no. There was not, nowhere else this could go. No, there are plenty of places it could go. One of them doesn't lead to a weird movie by that weird Israeli special forces girl. The fuck is going on here? What, Wonder Woman? He invented Wonder Woman. He invented Wonder Woman. More specifically, his wife invented Wonder Woman because everything you've told me about this guy is his wife had a good idea and he was just the one with the penis. That's the yeah. only contribution <laughs> he seems to be making to the equation. <laughs> she started out in the all-star comic series, climbing in popularity to the strong female icon that she's been for decades. It, Marston designed Wonder Woman to be an allegory for the ideal love leader, which is a... Sort of a uh, sex guru cult uh, yeah, concept. Yeah, no, this sounds um, like the Rajneeshes. This sounds a lot like the Rajneeshes. The kind of women that he believed should run society. So, uh, so to be clear, this guy is just a sub. This guy is just just wants a large woman in high heels to step on him and call him a dirty boy and tell him he's been bad and needs to be punished. He just wants a, a nice, strong lady to lead him away. He had a boner for Margaret Thatcher before she existed. What is happening here? Quote, Wonder Woman is psychological propaganda for the new type of woman who should, I believe, rule the world. Man, wrote. that's a great way. If there's one way you should position your thing, it's as psychological propaganda, <laughs> you psychopath. The fuck is wrong with you? Goddamn what? Goebbels for feminism. What is wrong with you? You want a little more quote action? I'd love some more quote action from this psychopath. Not even girls want to be girls, so long as our feminine archetype lacks force, strength, and power. Okay, wanting... oh, okay. <laughs> so girls don't want to be girls unless they can be boys, too. This is fun. This is good. This is all fine. This is not, great. Not wanting to be girls. They don't want to be tender, submissive, peace-loving, as good women are. Women's strong qualities have become despised because of their weakness. The obvious remedy is to create a feminine character with all the strength of Superman plus all the allure of a good and beautiful woman. Oh my god, he wanted sexy Superman. Oh god, this is so uncomfortable. Why? Why? Why would you do this, dude? There's so much wrong with this. Like, why? Just why? Why do you. Why is that they, they, like people can't be complex? Like, no, they don't like their. I don't even. That quote does not make sense. It is like internally contradicting itself like eight times. So, real quick, let me just remind myself where we're at. We talked about his pro women opinions. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, cool. Uh, Progressive feminist for the time. Um, sure. We, the we also talked detector. about his, his random sex capades. Of course, his sex capades. With yeah, his fuck swinger. nanny. Swinger with his fuck nanny. Uh, lie detector. Did I mention his SNM fetish? I called it! I fucking called it! Yes! Yes! I win! I have done these long enough now. I see the I see the lines. Yes! <laughs> told you! Yes! He just wants to be spanked and told he's been a bad boy. Ah. Because, because Marston was a bold and brash SNM practitioner Damn among the fucking other right he was. 
among, that lasso of truth was used for all sorts of awful things. Among all also, the other things. Wait a minute. They were, he invented the lie detector and gave Wonder Woman the lasso of truth. Fuck this mm -hmm. guy. Yep. Fuck this guy He's so hard. He's connecting the dots, folks. He's figuring it out. God damn it. He described bondage and submission as, quote, a respectable and noble practice. Marston, mm -hmm. Marston yep. wrote in a weakness for Wonder Woman. He wrote in a weakness which was attached to a fictional stipulation that he dubbed, quote, Aphrodite's Law, which made the chaining of her bracelets of submission. If you chained her bracelets together, uh, if a man did that specifically, it would take oh. away her Amazonian super strength. Oh, my God. If she gets tied. So so the great crossover is Christian Grey meets Wonder Woman, and it's the battle. It's the Batman versus Superman of the ages. Like, who, who will win? <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? If you put her in hand, if a man puts her in handcuffs, she's it, she just loses all her power. How does that make any goddamn sense? Is it Wonder just like is it just like the most heavy-handed allegory for if man shackles her down, that weak takes her power away? What the fuck? Wonder Woman often ended up in chains before inevitably breaking free. Of course she did, because why not? That's not uncomfortable for everybody involved. How many different Wonder Woman things did he tie her up in? Please, God, tell me. Please, God, I need to know now. I wish I had that number. It's probably every issue. It's got to be. It's the only way he could finish at this point. This not only represented Markson's affinity for bondage, but women's subjugation, which he roundly rejected. However, not everything about his creation was explicitly explained in any one source, which has caused confusion among writers and fans for many years. No, 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 no. I can do this now. No. Invisible plane? He's just a, he's a voyeur. He wants people to watch so there can't be any walls between between the, the weird <laughs> shit and him. Invisible plane. Yeah, no, no, no. They got to be able to watch. All, all eyes on me. I got it. I got it. Uh, weird... Weird shield, no, it's just the armbands. I don't know anything about Wonder Woman. I'm so bad. I, 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 don't, I'm, I don't like comics all that much. I'm bad. And the lasso of truth, well, after all, Marston did invent the lie detector test. Yeah! I call, all right, all right. Yeah, I saw the lines on this one. You've been listening to the Cock and Bull podcast. Yeah. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoy making it. You can catch us every Wednesday, except for the ones that you can't. Uh, we want to thank Driftless Pony Club for allowing us to use their song, The Red Buffalo on the Ark, off the album Cholera. Uh, I have a new podcast coming out fairly soon called Blunder Phonics. It's kind of like this. We take a dive into wacky stories revolving around the creation of records. Uh, one that I'm looking forward to is a crossover with this podcast on Ooh. the Beach Boys band Smiley Smile, which yeah! was never made because I, of a uh, uh, deranged therapist named Eugene Lee. Hamburger Boy! Ha I, I called the Hamburger Boy crossover was coming. Man, I'm getting I'm getting good at this. I'm, yeah, I'm he did a track record lately. Episode 10 of the Cock and Bull. If you haven't heard it, it's a good one. Oh, it's a solid one. All right, Nate, you got a plug? Uh, yeah, no, come on, come on down for, uh, when, when you're, when you're sick of the SNM fetishists and you want to know how to, how to burn it all to the ground, or you're just, you're just frustrated and want, want, want things to make sense, come on over to Mark's Madness. We're right next door. We're over here. Hi, we're here. See, say hi to us. Uh, me and David, uh, longtime friend of the show, David Painter, uh, will, will talk about, uh, some various, uh, works of literature that you probably haven't read, but you should. Uh, so come on down. It's like a fun, it's a fun mashup between spark notes and actually, re you know, reading a book yourself. It's a nice middle ground. <laughs> it's, the, it's the middle ground we all deserve. It, I mean, you don't want spark notes because then you're lazy, but you don't actually want to read that damn book. So make me do it and then I explain it to you. It's fun. All right. We're going to record another one of these, but I got to get more sleepy time tea in me before then. So catch us next week. <laughs>